Welcome everyone, I'm Heather Welch from EDX Education and today I'll be in conversation with Jessica Ann Stanford. Jessica is a mum, teacher, play advocate and founder of Teachers Follow Teachers. Jessica has built this network which supports teachers around the world and mainly the USA, advocating and supporting. This year Jessica is home learning with her little ones, but today we are chatting with Jessica on barriers for schools reopening in the USA, school readiness, home learning and so much more. Welcome Jessica, we're delighted that you could join us today. Can you introduce yourself to our listeners and how you became yeah. a teacher, passionate about play and founded Teachers Follow Teachers? Yes, all right. So I am Jessica from Teachers Follow Teachers, an Instagram page that um, came, came about after 10 years of teaching and I actually decided to stay at home to raise my kiddos. At that point, I had a almost two-year-old and since then, um, we've had a son, and we have one more on the way coming, hopefully, in October. Oh, congratulations. Thank you so much. That's very exciting. Now, Jessica, I must admit, I have had a few issues the last few days with technology, and yesterday I had to laugh. I saw your um, post, one of the posts, and I had a gif of a teacher after a hard day throwing their computer out <laughs> Honestly, that's yes. exactly how I felt. But yes. also, I think it's been really interesting is that, you know, there's been a really, on your teachers, teachers, it's shown a lot of raw emotions from how teachers are feeling at the moment in the USA. Definitely. The USA has been clear for teachers to feel safe to go back? <laughs> Not at all. Um, we are actually in Ohio and all, all of the regulations are completely different across the United States. So as of right now, my daughter is actually going into her first year of kindergarten. And we are now kind of just sitting back waiting to see what the news is. She is still not back. Um, we have decided to send her just virtually, which was offered by our school district, which is amazing because we are not comfortable with sending her back at this point. And I have friends across the nation that each person's story is completely different. Some schools are forcing them to come back. And if you choose not to, you are paying a hefty fine for breaking your contract. Um, oh, wow. And there are teachers that, yeah, it's, it's crazy and insane. Um, and then there are some teachers that are ready but I believe it kind of comes from the area of the nation that they're a part of where they're not being affected as much as the high metropolis areas. You know, have, yeah. you, have you found that a lot of people have started bubbles? So their own little bubble, say for example, you and three families or you and one family and your two children um, homeschool together? As a teacher community, I have not heard much about it, but being a mama of two at the moment, I have heard um, parents pulling their kids, whether it be to homeschool or parents that are using virtual school from their districts, um, choosing to do things like that so they can still keep at least a part-time job and their kids are with people that they can trust, are, you know, social distancing and um, their their child is at least still getting a little bit of socialization with the kids that they're using in their bubble. Oh, it's such a, it's such a difficult time for everyone, isn't it, at the moment? So it is. It is. There's so much 
different news on around the world. Everyone's doing it differently. But look, as a teacher and a mum, I know that you're currently at home with the kiddies, but do you believe it's important for our children to go back to the school or to a school environment, that, should I say a safe school environment? Right, right. Um, you know, as a teacher, I do believe that we have what we consider the quote unquote summer slide um, where children regress in the knowledge that isn't being put in front of them daily. And as a parent, I kind of see it a little differently because even if we do have that summer slide, everyone is going to have that summer slide. And as a mom, I'm super overprotective and I'm definitely, I'm, I'm just not feeling that the schools are completely prepared, especially with the extra costs that we have here trying to buy hand sanitizer trying to buy um barricades blocking children from other children having masks for everyone and here in america we have been cutting the the funds for education and now we're asking these schools to find more money to be able to protect our children and it's just not there and we also are putting tons of children in each classroom. I've had oh, wow. I taught kindergarten and first grade for 10 years. And I had upwards of 35 children in my classroom at times. And not always did I have a large classroom to be in. I've taught in classrooms that are, I don't know, 15 by 20 feet and had one window, which clearly is not a place where you want to be. Not shoving not 35 children that could be right right no not with 35 i mean that'd be really hard to social distance wouldn't it that would be absolutely exactly exactly and not all schools are offering a hybrid option where you know children are kind of coming in at a staggered pace or only coming two days a week so as a teacher and a mom i don't believe right now that it's safe for our children to go back. I do believe it's important for them to be learning. So as, um, as a mom, we have chosen the virtual option for our daughter. And if I was teaching, I would be pressing for that to be what my position is, is a virtual position. We noticed on your Teach Follow Teach, there's also other channels from the US and UK that you know a lot of teachers are disheartened. The weight is on their shoulders. I feel that in March, when um, our teachers were sent home and kind of thrown into the whole digital world, they had no training in the digital aspect of teaching. And they just kind of were put in that place. And parents realized how much really goes into education and how much teachers really do. And we were kind of the heroes when it was March and April. And then it kind of trickled into the summer months here. And parents were getting the frustrations of being at home 24 seven with their, ch with their children. And that heroism that they had for teachers was kind of dwindling. And now that I feel teachers are kind of getting the backlash that they don't want to return to the classrooms. And it's, it's kind of mind boggling because just six months ago they were heroes and now they're being looked at that they're in the wrong career just because they don't want to be in a classroom with children that everyone could be infecting each other. And the parents are just persistent that 
the kiddos go back. And it's, it's really, really disheartening for the teachers because this is what their passion is. And they're just trying to keep themselves, their families, and their students and their families safe. But yet the words are just harsh. I mean, some of those comments that are coming up underneath those posts by people that are outside of the education realm are, are just downright disgusting. Do you think people, people are just frustrated? They're wondering when it's going to end. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't make, it doesn't make it right at all because. Right. No, I do understand that. And I do understand, like I said, the parent side of it, but I guess I just can't cross that line because I am a teacher and so many of my friends are teachers that I mean, their, their safety is just as important as everyone else's. And the biggest thing that keeps coming up is, well, if nurses and um, grocery store clerks can be working, why can't teachers? But I think we really have to look beyond that and say the environment that they're in is not conducive to learning right now, especially with everything going on. So we've got here in the UK, we had the... Um schools return this week this week most schools return this week and so i have a two and a mm-hmm. nine-year-old and they've both returned but with the early years they haven't put in any masks for teachers or anything like that mm-hmm. they wear face shields but realistically they scare the children <laughs> i hate to say mm-hmm. um so it has been a bit of a different reaction of whether they go back and you have found people actually do have kept their children at home especially in those early years instead of mm-hmm. going back um I think there is a little bit of, in in the UK, there has been sort of um, for parents, for teachers, parents have been, I think, I believe have been quite understanding. I don't know, maybe they've been a little bit more understanding. Hasn't, maybe hasn't gone on for months and months yet. (laughs) (laughs) But you are right. I mean, teachers, when you took on the job, you took on the job to be in a classroom. If you took on the job to be virtually, it's very different. And it's a very different skill set as well. It's really. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. You know, some teachers that are so animated in a classroom and love their kinesthetic, they love the feel, the touch, the take, they're, they're sensory right. of being in a classroom. Right. They don't necessarily want to talk in front of a screen and they become quite monotonous. And yeah, for them, it's right. quite hard because that's not <laughs> their love. So they're exhausted trying right. to ways to do it differently. But look, there are so many barriers, barriers for schools opening. Look, many children, as you said, have been away from nurseries or schools for five, six, seven months. You know, what are the main challenges do you think schools have with the children returning back to school? Well, first of all, I did touch on the summer slide, that retention of knowledge. I think, you know, we always have it, but now that they've been out for so long, that that could be detrimental. But I also believe we see it after summer break when they're only off for two, two and a half months that children just aren't in the routine anymore and I can only imagine what it looks like right now with six or seven months off that children they they just want to be around their friends and that's all they want to do is socialize and we're we're trying to do just the opposite keep them you know distant from their friends and I mean they can talk but how, how much can you really talk from six feet away in a barrier in the middle and no socialization at lunch or recess it's just it's mind-boggling to me what that would look like oh, can you in imagine, a classroom. Imagine the teachers actually trying to say, hey, no, you can't go that close, two <laughs> metres apart. I mean, I've seen all sorts. Have you seen there's people that wear hula hoops and so they can't uh-huh. have to keep children? 
There's also, I mean, so teachers have come out with some amazing, amazing. Right, right. Them, but I, that is one thing you have to give teachers credit. We are always trying to find a solution to a problem that is put off. Absolutely. They're actually going to be one of the most creative professions. It's sort of like, uh, can you make all our, you know, five-year-olds not go within six feet of each other? Oh, actually, no. Okay, two feet. Oh, no worries. Okay, let me think. I saw this one with the Jeeps. One the, they had all of the... Yes. That was amazing. So adorable. Oh, so adorable. Yeah, it was just... I suppose it's funny, you know, we've always been having this conversation recently. Is it social distancing or should it be called physical distancing? Because they right. can still socialise, but they physically have to be further away from each other. Do you think that would be a nicer way to say it? I believe so. We've actually, as a group of teacher moms, we've brought that up many of times because social distancing would be, you know, staying away, not speaking to each other where that's not what we're trying to do. It's physical. I mean, we don't want to be within a certain range of each other. So no, I completely agree. Yeah, no, I think it's definitely, it's more of a physical distance than a social, but 35 in a room and that, I mean, that is pretty hard. You have to have very big room to social distance that many children. Correct. And usually teachers don't. Usually we are <laughs> packed in the tiniest rooms possible to get everybody in the building. So, so would children be allowed to share resources or are you back to pen and paper and that's it? Um, I've seen many, many ideas, especially that I've shared on teachers, fellow teachers, when it comes to resources in the classroom. We have many teachers that are going back um, that are hybrid, so it makes it a little bit easier because they only have half or a tiny bit more than half of their students a day. Um, so they are taking those manipulatives and kind of divvying them up between the kiddos and instead of sharing daily they are given an allotted amount at the beginning of the day which is great because in early years we know that children learn best through manipulatives and using their hands so um, if teachers do not have the funds or the resources to have enough counting bears or counting cubes or things and in that nature, they have been making printable resources that are, you know, little counting bears that they can have inside a little Ziploc baggie inside their pencil bag. So I have seen a lot of creative ways that teachers have been using to be able to still have a little bit more than pen and paper. But as we all know, I feel that COVID has kind of given us a hoop to jump through. And I feel like teachers are pretty much solving all of those problems that are thrown at them <laughs> that's very true maybe we should get teachers to run some of the countries <laughs> i completely agree on that part <laughs> no, i'm not sure they'll all agree with us but i think that's you know very, <laughs> it's a very we have a few that i'd vote for president for <laughs> Look, you know, I mean, we talk about school readiness. You're talking about the summer slide. Here, over here, we're talking about school readiness. And I must admit, my two-year-old, or even my nine-year-old, is going to be hard to get back. So, actually, he's nearly three, yeah. so he goes to an early years nursery. But um, his, his behaviour's regressed a little bit, I can tell you. Mm -hmm. Maybe because I've let him... I let him play a lot. I let him explore and do his own thing. And so does the nursery as well. But I think they've got a few... We have... It, it really comes back to the regression of not only um the knowledge but we're nervous about the behaviors because like like i said before 
as soon as they come back after even Christmas break, when they're only gone for two weeks, they want to really socialize with their friends. And these poor children, they didn't get to play with their friends on this quote unquote break. And they didn't get to go to the park and play. And they didn't get to go on those family trips and invite their friends. So I can only imagine what it's going to look like getting back to the classroom and having to keep them separated from their their friends. And when children don't release that energy, it's hard to keep them still in the classroom to learn. And it's hard to let them release that energy because there are just so many that areas around here are struggling with what to do for gym and what to do for recess. And I can only imagine trying to teach a child that isn't able to physically get those ants out of their pants per se. <laughs> I think my, my nine-year-old would struggle. He definitely has a lot of ants. We call him a pocket rocket or a fire rocket. Mm-hmm. He definitely has ants in his pants. But I, I mean, I suppose there's one thing. Do the teachers look more at some things for the first week, like mindfulness and different ways that they can connect, I suppose, in the USA have you found that like um, sorry obviously your area is really on lockdown have you not been able to see how how severe is your lockdown can you see up to six people can you not do you have restrictions I feel I feel at this point they're saying no groups over 10 but I'm feeling at this point that people are so over it that they're kind of not listening to it and there's nothing being done about it is the problem And that, as a mom, is concerning to me because the community that I'm in, I'm on many Facebook group pages um, for the teacher or for the families of students going back. And I feel like in my area, the mindset is much different than what my mindset is about sending my daughter back. And that's why we kind of were forced to choose the virtual option because I feel that if people were more adamant about social distancing and more adamant about wearing masks and things of the sort, I would have felt more comfortable sending our daughter back. But the area we're in just isn't, and it's, it's not worth the risk of sending her back amongst other students that their families aren't about social distancing and masking and things like that. So is it, is it actually, in theory, is it a regulation that you have to wear a mask in shops and things like that, or do you don't have to yes. wear it at the moment? And so at, yes. school, at school, do the children have to wear masks? Um, it was mandated um, that any child in our state, any child over the age of 10, okay. so um, wears a mask in public. So then it was kind of up to the discretion of each school whether they were going to enforce any child under the age of 10. And when our district, which is a large district in the state, it's the fourth largest, um, when they chose to open, at first they were saying kindergarten through third, it was up to parents' discretion whether we masked our children going into the classroom or not. All parent, all adults would be masked, but um, it was up to parents' discretion whether their child was. And... Um, that turned into a large backlash from the community saying, you know, I really would like to send my child back, but I just can't if, you know, we're not mandating children to wear masks. And then there was an argument on the other side saying that 
none of our classrooms in our district are air conditioned for the elementary kids. Yeah. And how, how does that work? Um, I've worked in the district and um, some of those classrooms can be upwards of 110 degrees on the early days, you know, when it's super warm. And I can only imagine what that would be wearing a mask. So I, I get both arguments. I really do. I, I don't want my child sitting there not being, you know, comfortable, but I also understand the importance of her wearing one. I think so, it'd be kind of hard to get a child of a kindergarten age to wear one the whole time as well, though. And, and, and wear it appropriately. Oh, I mean, I could see it on their head and <laughs> under their chin and on their neighbor's face because, you know, theirs was better. So yeah, around their ear or around their knee, like, sitting on the carpet, it'll be flipping. <laughs> or, or wet. Or wet from the bathroom, yes. Yeah, yes. or they'll suck on it or something like that. Or they'll mm -hmm. yep. it. it'll be absolutely it'd be quite on one side it would be quite funny because you remember it, but on the other side it's not funny at all. I mean Right, right. I I had I had a friend that her son came back from school wearing a mask that was not his. And oh. she said, What what in the world are you wearing on your face? And he said, Well, we have to take him off for gym. We set them down on the line and when I came back to the line, mine was missing, but this one looks like the one that I wore on Tuesday. So I thought maybe it was mine. And she was like, well, the name that's sewn in the side is not your name. So I'm pretty sure that isn't yours. Yeah. Just like you're saying, she kind of chuckled, but I mean, it's, on the other end of it, the yeah. reason we're wearing them, I mean, it could have been, it could have been dangerous. Yeah, it is serious as well, but it is on one side you're chuckling because they are going to. I like there was something about mask etiquette the other day, the do's and don'ts, the good choices and the bad. Mm -hmm. I thought, yep. you know, I just think <laughs> I was trying to get them to wear them over the summer holidays because it's a mandate here that you have to wear them in the um, shops and everywhere, open spaces. Mm -hmm. And hasn't been that much controversy about not wearing them. I think people have accepted it unless you have some medical reason not to. I don't, well, I think there right. has been in other parts, some parts of the, there's been okay so far. But my two-year-old puts on a tiger and he puts it on under his chin and he, <laughs> he likes it because he thinks the tiger, then he can still breathe and you're sort of like, okay. <laughs> well, he doesn't actually have to wear one at this age because he's too young, but it's nice. I didn't want Correct. to be scared of people wearing them. So exactly. He can exactly. wear it meant that it's okay. But I mean, I suppose so you're doing the big home learning and I've just come off seven months of it and I'm assuming that we're going to probably do a hybrid model by the end of the year, to be honest. But, but right. many parents like myself, I'm a trained teacher. I've worked as a teacher. I'm working now with EDX, but many parents have struggled with sending their children back and they're worried about things like home, you know, social isolation. But if they homeschool, can you give a few suggestions of things to do if parents want to keep them home and but they're worried about social isolation. Well, we are starting next week with my daughter. And honestly, we've, my husband and I have kind of been um, discussing this because not only is she starting school next week that she's, you know, a little worried about because this is her first go at it, but her birthday is coming up as well. And we've had to, Speak to her about you know why it wouldn't be appropriate to have a big birthday party like we usually do but um, we have found a few small families around us like we were discussing the bubbles um, that we trust that are doing the same things as us and um, we have been trying to 
get together with those families that have similar age children so that our daughter is not complete. Well, our daughter and our son are completely not away from other children. Um, I mean, we try as much as we can to be around family that we know um, our social distancing and are, you know, following those same rules as we are. But I think it's really important that they're seeing other children and being able to play with other children. So we've been trying our hardest now that things are loosening up a little bit just to find families with the same values as we have. Um, to get a, to get together with them, whether it's just going up to the creek and playing in, playing in the water or um, having dinner at our home or just inviting them over just to play in the backyard on the swing set. Um, I think it's, it's really important for her to be able to socialize, even if it's just for a little bit with kids that are her age. No, I completely agree. Now, I have to ask you, is your, do you have the big thing, are they putting kids on zoom for hours on end or are they even kindergarten and year one two three or are they kind of steering away from that and starting to do tasks and projects and just things that you could do at home i have seen both um thank goodness my daughter's teacher <laughs> has completely she has the same exact mindset as i have the, from what i can tell already as i said she starts next tuesday um, but from everything that I heard with the teacher, I was nodding my head <laughs> very, very vigorously as we were talking because looking at the schedule made me very, very concerned that my five, almost six year old was going to be sitting at this iPad oh, from 9.15 in the morning until 2.15 in the afternoon. But, um, she was very adamant about the fact that of this age group, she will not be keeping them for much longer than 10 to 15 minutes per each lesson. And then she will um, shut off her iPad and then she'll have some pencil and paper work to do or a craft or some sort of activity to do with mom and dad. Um, and that makes me feel a lot more comfortable because I have heard in some districts that kids turn on their device at eight o'clock in the morning and they're still sitting at their devices when mom is getting ready for dinner time. And I mean, unless your child is doing some sort of large project and they're, you know, a lot older than my children are, I, I don't see the purpose in sitting in front of a screen that long to have their lessons because that's, that's not how it works in the classroom. I, I, I understand that they arrive at 9.15 in the morning and leave at 2.45 in the afternoon, but I'm not teaching each individual child the entire time that they're in my classroom. I'm pulling small groups and they're doing um, individual learning at their desks. And I, I just, I know it's hard, but we just need to be creative and figure out a way to do that while they're at home learning through their screen. And now I have to laugh. I can't imagine putting even my nine-year-old in front of Zoom for three to six hours. <laughs> he did a bit of a hybrid. Oh, I just, do you know, I would, I would actually feel sorry for the teacher on the other end that's expecting to oh, my word. that long. Can you imagine all the things you do? I mean, teachers are creative, but you've got to be really creative to keep a five, six-year-old on Zoom for six hours a day. I completely agree. And I mean, don't get me wrong. My, my daughter loves a little screen time, but, and any child does really, but 
come on, there's no way I, I can't keep her attention that long, even just reading a storybook. So I could only imagine what a teacher would have to do to keep them occupied that long. I am a little concerned. I mean, there will be small groups for each individual subject. The only concern I have is time management with a five-year-old being able to say, okay, it's 9.15. We need to log in now. We're just going to have to have some sort of alarm that goes off five minutes before each class because a five-year-old turning six, a two-year-old turning three, and a newborn in the house, I can only imagine what our schedule is going to look like. I imagine the teachers will end up, if they're a good teacher, they'll end up having a bit of leeway and looking at it yes. as a project. Because you're very much, um, you've been letting the children play and explore, haven't you, over mm -hmm. child-led child -led play rather than um, going to the transitions. You never know, they might change it completely and just actually set projects and you have to do it within your own time. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, Jessica, I suppose as a teacher, what are the top three things, and as a mum as well, you'd suggest to do with your children to prepare them to transition back to learning, even if it is virtual learning? Hmm, the top three things. Well, I can speak for virtual learning. I have been creating a space for my daughter and she is adamant that this is her space and she knows this is for her learning and everything that she needs, she's prepared with in this area. Now, I do understand that she'll have special projects that we'll need different resources for, but we can collect those at that time. But she has everything that she would have in a normal classroom. Clearly, it's shrunken down. She has an alphabet line. She has her number line. She has a calendar. She has a clock. She has a desk. Um, I mean, we're, we're a little extra, but <laughs> the, I, I, definitely, I definitely think being prepared. And if you're sending them back, it's the same thing um, as, as normal. Just make sure that they have everything that they need. I feel like that, as adults preparing, um, physical things helps us get into the mindset. And I think it's, it's really important virtually because they're in their home that they're used to playing and <laughs> constantly talking and being able to get up and move around. But I think having a specific spot is really helping her get in the mindset that when I'm here, this is school. Um, as for the other two things, be lenient. I know, I know, no, no, that it's important that, you know, we're, we're sticking to a schedule, but I think just as much as we're stressed out, the kids are, if not more stressed out than we are about it. And to make sure that they are socializing with children in their classroom or children of the same age or around the same age group. So as I said, like the bubbles, or even if it's just playing a game on Zoom with one of their new classmates in their classroom, just to be able to see somebody outside of the classroom, because I feel like these poor kiddos that are going back virtually, like my daughter, she's going to meet all these new friends that, you know, she thinks are hilarious in class, but that's where it ends is class. And I think it would be easy just to either call that parent and see if they, you know, are comfortable with being part of your bubble or a simple game online with both kiddos could be something that could be arranged. Yeah, that sounds really nice. I love creating a space because then they own that space and they know that that's segregated for their time at school. So it's taking them away from their play. Rather than like when you've been home, even working from home, sometimes they take up, I know my husband takes up the whole of the bottom floor. He just takes up everything. Yep. 
<laughs> there's, there's a study there maybe you should use it no 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 it's much better work from one end to the other um so it's always been quite but it's the same thing if you own a space that's really nice for a little one as well um mm. i suppose what is the other thing you can have multiple ages so have you got anything in place to be able to <laughs> are you gonna have from a newborn a three-year-old uh, and a so yeah have you got any tips for parents or are you looking for tips? <laughs> well, a little bit of both. Um, my two-year-old is a wrecking ball. That's our joke that uh, he's a constant <laughs> wrecking ball. So um, I, I think I'll be better at answering this question in a week or two after we've started, but I do have some ideas in mind. I have been kind of preparing him um, letting her go to her little learning space, whether it's even just to draw or play a game, um, and have some mommy and me time. And we've been trying to build his stamina of being away from his sister for a little bit. Um, fortunately, we do have um, multiple floors in our house, and our playroom is downstairs, where um, we're on a different floor from sis um, when she's learning. But my only concern with that is if it's just mommy at home and she needs help. He might be <laughs> in the mix of things. And then I'm just throwing myself for another loop come the end of October, early November with a newborn. So <laughs> I guess we'll see. Her teacher is really going to want to use that mute button on my daughter. <laughs> She's going to want to use the mute button on all the children sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. Um, no, listen, thank you so much. Can you let your... Can you let the listeners know today how to get in touch? They might want some advice or even just want to share some fun ideas with you. Um, do you have a suggestion how they can get in touch with you? Most definitely. You can find me at teachers, follow teachers on Instagram. Feel free to send me a direct message or if you would like me to share any of your ideas, tips or tricks or even products on my page, just use the hashtag TFT, pick me. And I kind of scroll that um, hashtag frequently to be able to grab ideas that I share with my followers. Jessica, thank you so much. You might be scrolling that at about three in the morning when you're doing the midnight <laughs> I can so might do it, it already. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely. Well, good luck with the little one. It's been amazing chatting with you and keep up the amazing work with Teachers Fellow Teachers and at a homeschooling mum with multiple ages and just getting through the year of 2020, I think, this year. I think it's just the year all of us have to get through. We're going to fast forward to the future and not have this one again. Definitely going to be not to remember, <laughs> but maybe it's going to be a great year because you're having a little one as well. So that's, you know, hopefully, the positive hopefully. as well. Thank you so much. Thank you Heather. so much, Heather. I appreciate it. There are so many relevant topics right now and we would love to hear from you. So please get in touch and subscribe to our podcast, Education Tips from the Experts with EDX Education, which is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, TuneIn and so many more channels. My name is Heather Welch from EDX Education. Let's all stay safe.